previously on the Sports Refuge Podcast. I want gambling to be fun. I want betting to be fun. Because what it does is, is it brings a different level of watching the game. From Delaware, almost live, this is a Sports Refuge Podcast. This is the weekly podcast featuring interviews with guests discussing their connection to sports. And now, here's your host, Earl Holland. We are 101 episodes in on the Sports Refuge podcast, the show where guests share their connection to sports. I'm your host, Earl Holland. There's nothing like the bond between father and son. And one thing that can bring a father and son together is sports. While my dad, Earl Holland Sr., and I didn't play games of catch or do the Little League thing, the bond still is and was there. In this episode, I talk with my dad, who many know only by his nickname, Buddy Roll, about his life his favorite teams, and some keys of advice about being a first-time father. And now, here's my interview with my dad, Earl Holland Sr. This is an episode I've wanted to do for years and years and years because time makes it a little difficult and sometimes distance makes it even tougher. But one of the people I'm glad to have on this episode is someone I've wanted to have on for a while. I know some of you guys seen some of the blog posts I did a long time about my dad being able to watch me on Sports Jeopardy and things like that. But I wanted to have my dad on because, one, you've met a lot of the family anyway. You've met cousins and brothers and other siblings and other family members. So I'm glad to have my dad on here, Earl Holland Sr. Dad, how are you doing today? I really appreciate you being on. <laughs> doing fine. Thank you. Dad, it's funny. I'll admit, we don't talk about sports as much. And that's not saying anything. It's more like, you know, I know that you are a fan of a lot of teams. I know you're a fan of Raiders and uh, among other teams and things like that. But were you really ever a big sports fan yourself? Yeah. I've been an Oakland Raider and then Baltimore Cody. Honestly, I'll admit, I didn't really know that you were a Colts fan. I know as like I got older, I knew you were a big Raiders fan. But uh, what is it about the Colts that you liked and, and things like that? With... Uh... Bubba Smith and uh, John United. A couple of guys that help get the names stuff. Uh, Art Donovan or uh, like uh, Gino Marchetti. I'm trying to think of a whole bunch of names that popped in my head when you were talking about some of the, the old school Colts. The main thing I know was uh, Bubba Smith and John United. I've got the rest of guys' names. It's so long. It's like it's funny when I think of Bubba Smith, I always think of Police Academy because that's all I, that's all I've seen him in. I just think of him as Hightower, and <laughs> I can't think of anything else. I mean, I know he was a football player, but that that's the only thing that come to mind. I just think of those Police Academy movies. Yeah, and also it was a Baltimore Bullets, like the best ball team you played a long time ago with uh, West Sale, Gus Johnson, Earl Pearl Monroe, Jack Mariner. Yeah, that's the funny thing. I like I still watch the Wizards now because I was watching the Wizards since what nineteen ninety three, and like I said, I still watch them. Not as much now that since I don't live in Maryland anymore. But I love watching the Bullets and Wizards and playing all those years. Right. And I started watching them; they were bad, and they pretty much all the way up through college they were bad. Even when like Michael Jordan came back, it's like. I always wonder what it was like watching some of those uh, fans got to watch back in the seventies and eighties when they were good. Yeah, yeah they were. Obama both were real good though. Yeah, when, like I said, and when I start watching them, like years later, it's like they were not good at all. And then they had that, like that one time they had two guys from the Fab Five, Chris Webber and Juwan Howard, and that was that's when I was watching. And then they weren't good for a while, and then they had all those other guys, Gilbert Arenas, and everything, and it was pretty cool to watch. Okay, this is what everybody was talking about, just like. I was lucky enough to watch the Orioles play when they were, shoot, I started watching them in 94 and they were decent. 
and then they were good for a couple years in the 90s, and they were bad for like 15 years, and then they were good a couple years into 2000, then all of a sudden it's like, this is what it was like watching how everybody used to talk about in the 70s and all that other oh, yeah. stuff in the 80s and things like that. Okay. They were really good. Yeah. Boo Pal. Brooks Robinson, yeah. Frank Robinson. I actually got an autographed photo from Frank Robinson. Mark Belanger. Yeah. Dave Johnson, A.R.I. Henry, Jim Palmer, Mark Cuellar, Pat Dawson. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dave McNally. Right. Who else? I, I forgot. I, Eddie, I just, Eddie Watt. Yeah. <laughs> That was, you wouldn't believe this. Every time I like play some big video game player, I'd play these classic <laughs> Orioles teams. Uh-huh. And my go-to guy, after I go with Palmer and all those guys, would be Eddie Watt. I'd go straight yeah. straight to Eddie Watt. I wouldn't even, yeah. I'd go past Mo Drabowski, all these other guys. I'd go straight yeah. to Eddie Watt. He's my guy. I go in the ninth inning. I, I know he'd be the guy that I'd end up sitting there and they can't stop. Once I get to Eddie Watt, it's over. But uh, I never told you this. I don't think I told you this, but I actually got an autographed photo from Frank Robinson. You know, oh, yeah, I, I still have it. I, it was about, so because he passed away two years ago. So, yeah. me and uh, one of my former co-workers in the newspaper, we uh, went to this autograph show. It was like, it's like in Virginia, and they have all these all these different celebrities show up. Like, I know they had Andre Dawson show up. I know Daryl Green from the Redskins showed up mm-hmm. one time. We waited in line for an autograph. It's like a big, I don't even, I think it's like 15, it's a huge big photo of Frank Robinson. Mm-hmm. I got him autographed that. I don't think I paid that much for it because I paid like maybe $15 for the big photo. It's uh-huh. like, I don't know for anybody who's listening, it's maybe two and a half feet by two and a half feet across by maybe three feet, three, three feet down or so. It's a huge photo and he signed. And you know, it's, it's funny talking to Frank Robinson. He was, uh, he was a smart ass in a funny way, but mm-hmm. yeah, he was very cool. Like definitely exciting to meet him because that's like one of my now biggest prize possessions i mean mm-hmm. i got a adam jones baseball that we have that honestly that's probably my, my next second biggest one like if i can ever get a cal Ripken autograph that'd be uh fun but it's one of those things you know everybody's got some type of souvenir that they have and uh that that's big to them and like to you dad do you have like a huge souvenir or some piece of sports memorabilia that that means a lot to you yes the Oakland Raiders uh hammock that you bought for me a long time ago is this my helmet you bought me? Yeah. I still have it in there. Yeah, that's... And actually, I and got that. also, you got me a hat, too. Yeah, I, I, I remember... Never, never wore it. Did it, did it, did Yeah, and that was... I remember that... I, and I can tell the story about the, the helmet. The helmet was from that exact same autograph show where I got the Frank Robbs autograph. I saw that, and I'm like, this will be nice. I know, like, Dad, I have some... I didn't get any autographs for it. I know it's somebody okay. bought a... At a UMES Art Shell fundraiser, they had bought a Raiders helmet, uh-huh. and then just started going around getting autographs from some of the Raiders that were there on the on the helmet. So that was pretty cool. That was a smart move on their hat mm-hmm. by having. And of course, Art Shell was there. I actually had the opportunity to meet Art Shell a couple of times, and uh, he's bigger than life. That's a, he really is, and uh, that was fun. I didn't, I didn't get to see them do all the play all the golf and everything, but it was cool to mm-hmm. be, experience that because. Him being a guy who went to my mm-hmm. alma mater, UMS, yeah. and when there was football back then, it, it's weird going to school now where football's got to be part of the college life, and just every Saturday, there's nothing there, and it was just so, it, it felt different compared when you hear some of the other people talk about, yeah, I remember all the day people would make the road trips all the way up to like Howard or Morgan right. and things right. like that, and now... Don't even do that. It's just like everybody leaves to go home. They'll go to somebody else's homecoming. They'll go. They'll go to Hampton's homecoming. They'll go to Howard's homecoming. They'll go to uh, Bowie State. Like I said, the only school that ain't got any football or copping in UMES. 
Right. Now, I want to ask you a little bit about yourself. I feel like I honestly don't get to ask you a lot of questions about you. And I always, <laughs> I always think it was funny. And that's something I know I need to ask myself a little more about. But um, I was curious just sort of about how you grew up and just what it was like growing up, especially in you lived in Snow Hill, Maryland, your, nearly your entire life, right? Right. Yeah. What was it like growing up in the 50s at, uh, in Snow Hill? And it's like, like I said, you had a fairly big family. You were the youngest, right? Yeah, yes, I was. I was the baby. <laughs> what was it like growing up in, like I said, Snow Hill in the 50s? Especially, like I said, you've lived there all life. You've seen seen it change or whatever, good or bad. But to you, what was it like growing up and how you've seen it change over the years? Well, when I grew up, it was, it was kind of fair to me. I went to school with them every day. I worked at a store for Mr. Mason in Snow Hill. Then I also I went uh cut then I thought that I catch chicken <laughs> when I was uh nine years old. Mm-hmm. So I caught chicken for about fifty some years off and on. Mm-hmm. I was curious because I know when I like growing up as a kid, I remember you would always go to the hatchery and you'd be catching chickens. I always wonder what is that like and what do you have to do like a day and going in to catch chickens? What is that whole experience like? I, I can't imagine. It's a, it's the same old thing every day. You want to catch chicken stuff, you use, back then we used cooks. Mm-hmm. To be chicken, and then, then uh, but then they went to cages. Mm-hmm. With the cages, it's a lot easier now. Because mm-hmm. you got, you got a partner go straight into the, into the chicken house. You know, you said chicken ready to cage them, act with partner. We had cooks and everything. You had to have a two men on the truck. One man uh, called uh, the male man between the house and the truck. Went to the men on the truck there and the guy in the chicken house. But now it's a whole lot easier. So was it a lot of chase? I assume it was a lot of running and chasing them uh, into it or. Well, not really, though. It wasn't, it wasn't like chicken. Well, once the light goes out, the chicken can't see you. got them, then you just go and pick them up by the feet stuff. Oh, by the feet? Uh-huh. Pick them up by the feet stuff. Hmm. Yeah, because I was wondering, because I was thinking of that scene in Rocky where he's chasing the chicken <laughs> around, where, where uh, Mickey's got them chasing the chicken around. I was assuming that's how it was. I assumed it was a lot of running, but it was more like yeah. just picking them up by the feet and grabbing yeah. them. Yeah. Uh, in the daytime, back then, you the crate to buy chicken off. Yeah. I mean, now that they use a net or the pen mm-hmm. to buy chicken off. Yeah. You don't go to watch me. Okay, so it's like you just sort of corral them into a thing, you, or you, you don't right, even... Yeah, you just put a pen right around them. You just need okay. to corral. Okay, uh-huh. yeah, because I was like, I wasn't sure. I'm always having this visualization. It's like running around, just trying to scare them into the coop uh-huh. and all this other stuff. So that's why I was always curious about that, because I still can't believe you said you did it on and off for 50 years, because yeah, that's got to be... I, about nine years old mm-hmm. with my dad and my cousin and his son, they meet. Mm-hmm. They all we cut you together. Mm-hmm. Put them get off and on. Mm-hmm. It's hard. I mean, you get chased in the summertime. Yeah. Your neck's like burning stuff. You know, you feel your arm pit off of that. Yeah. All that here, your finger stuff. You get chased that thing. But your hand, yeah. We can chase through your hand is span. Your hand gets bigger. It means you, you say, my used to be real big as this. Mm-hmm. And think, they mean, with that stuff, they don't hold that no more stuff. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I said, it's just, I'm just like visualizing something and I've never knew what the whole process was like. So that's why I was always wondering about that because, man, I couldn't, yeah, I definitely probably don't have the hand for catching chickens right now. <laughs> you have a hand, your hand there for catching chicken because mm-hmm. like you get used to them, your hand, yeah. your hand, your hand starts getting tight up, it aches, yeah. and it pretty thought off, right? Yeah. You did it before, right? Yeah. And it starts swelling up a little bit. Yeah. And then your hand starts getting bigger. Yeah. Your finger, you know, fingers all here, yeah. bigger. To me, that thing your hand you get uh, wider stuff, you get grab easy then. Mm-hmm. Huh, how many would you grab at a time? With just one at a time, would it be like no, two or three? Or? You no, know, uh, most time we do, we go to, with six at each hand. Six in each hand. Uh huh. Wow. I, I now I can't but visualize. Now, 
and a chicken called called a leghorn. Then it's like a bird cage, right? Yeah. You let them get them out. Yeah. You can carry them in by the tennis tank because legs are there, small, like the ink pen here. Yeah. Your legs are small like that, you can pick the tennis in your hand. Wow, tennis in your hand? Yeah. Man, now I was like, the more I hear about this, like the more I'm like amazed about it because is this something, and like I've, I don't think I've actually seen you do it, but I knew what you did. Because like yeah. I said, I remember we'd go to the hatchery. For people who live in Snow Hill who are going to listen to this, yeah, the, that where the old Scarborough oil is, that's where the old hatchery was. Right. Uh, yeah, right on Route yeah. 12. Yeah, you, you, then you used to be uh, Footman, uh, Footman and, and Martha Hatchery. Mm-hmm. But they married with uh, but uh, Hollow Farm. Yeah. So they came to Hollow Farm. Yeah, and then of course they became Tyson. And, uh, yeah, because yeah, like I said, I remember you had like this. Like gray, oh well, yeah, a couple of different, like sort of not like a jumpsuit, but it's like a gray, it's like a grayish yeah. jumpsuit and a brown one that you would wear all the time. You had the Holly Farms hat and everything, because yeah. <laughs> like I said, I think you put that hat, and like I said, because mainly it was gray. It was mainly I do remember a brown one too, because with a hat, you had the the, the the hat and the and the jacket and oh, pants, because it was like a whole yeah. whole you like uniform, uniform. yeah, yeah, whole like it's like uniform. made it like real hard fabric, like Dickies yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, right, huh? They were uniform, high uniform. Yeah, because I remember you always had that hat. And I know we had that we had that one picture of me and you. I don't know, eighty that'd be like at least like eighty six, eighty seven. I got a picture of the answer, wasn't it? Yeah. And yeah, yeah, you said it, yeah. You just like yeah, yeah, I uh had my head turned sideways, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you just said horn thing. Yeah, I guess uh, <laughs> we had the red it's the it's a white shirt with like some red stripes. Yeah. It was like these red and yeah. white socks with these red and yeah. blue stripes and yeah. red shorts <laughs> and a red Holly Farms hat. Yeah. And I don't know when that was. It had to be like eighty six, eighty seven. I assume it was yeah. like right before, maybe before Eddie was born or or was, maybe a little after. I'm not sure because I, I don't know. I think was born for Eddie Boy, I think. I think it actually yeah, yeah, it was like eighty like at least yeah, probably yeah. 80, 85, 86. Yeah. Because I don't remember actually taking the photo, uh-huh. but like I said, I see it clear as day <laughs> every day. Because like that's one of my photos. Like whenever it's your birthday or something like that, or bothered. Uh-huh. And like I said, that's the one photo I always put up all the time. So it is fun looking back at that photo, thinking about it all the time. Because I, I feel like everything else tends to be a blur sometimes. You know, uh-huh. the older you get, and even though I'm nowhere, I'm I'm only thirty eight. So like it's like to me, like still. Something I just hardly remember, mm-hmm. and it's like, but other things I remember clear as day. Like it happened yesterday. And I think that happened with a lot of people where sometimes you're just thinking, I can't even remember that thing happening. But the other right. thing is like, I see it. Yeah, you yeah. can look like <laughs> you know you see the TV show where somebody's looking off and it's like a flashback, and right. they see it just like it happened. It, it happened like five minutes ago. There's so many things like that in life I can remember, and I know there's probably uh, a few of those things that that you probably remember as well. I have to ask, did you play sports in high school or play sports or rec sports? Because I know, yeah, like I, I said, Uncle Eddie, he played he played minor league baseball, and I know we'll talk yeah, a little bit about him later. Yeah, because he had a chance to be, uh, he had a contact with New York Yankees, but uh, he didn't even mess him up. Mm-hmm. So he, 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 didn't to, he didn't go to New York Yankees. Mm-hmm. He went back in the Navy. Yeah. He put 22 some years in the service. He retired from the service. Mm-hmm. You said he didn't even mess up, but how did he mess it up? Was it something like in. Uh, yeah, I think with New York, put on that, right? He can't like that. He can't like, he can't like that, you mean? Because I know I, you'd always told me that he, you yeah. know, had a chance to play minor league baseball. Yeah. So that's yeah. uh, I was curious, how good of an athlete was Uncle Eddie? He was, he was, good, he was a good athlete. He was a home run hitter. Mm-hmm. He, he hit a ball from uh, the old bird park to the road to the highway there. Yeah, that's a long way. Yeah, that's crazy. Because like I said, I know you mentioned. That's why I was always curious. You had mentioned something. I uh, I don't I hardly know if any of the other kids plays outside of me and Eddie. I don't I don't know how many other the cousins <laughs> did play. I mean, and did I you basketball? Went, they were main hobby. It used to be a it used to be a, a, a thing called the, the league, right? Yeah. You know, 
with me, Ronnie Beckett, Press Watson, Avery Nelson, Bruford Beasley, and other guys, right? And, and myself, Earl Howell Senior. We play uh, we best ball stuff. Did the league stuff to me? And football? Oh, yes. That was me. I hit a man so hard, make him make snap. <laughs> oh, like I said, it's I, I never... I don't admit this. I've never really asked you a lot about that, so that's why I was curious. I don't know. It's like sometimes you never really think about asking, and sometimes it doesn't cross your mind. It's like one of those things, and it's like I definitely like asking things about it. I know you went to Worcester High School, and that's got to be interesting, just like uh, going to high school and segregated and mm -hmm. things like that. So, I mean, what was that like? And did did you go when they desegregated? Did you go to Snow Hill once they desegregated? Or well, after Worcester High School closed down? Yeah. Yeah, uh, I quit school at Worcester High School. Mm -hmm. I went to work in Over City, for the city of Over City. And I left from there, went in, in the Marine Corps during the Vietnam War. I went with the high school to have, I met your mom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was, I was going to ask, going to going to Worcester High School, I know especially in those times where it was segregated, what, what was that like? Were, were the students closer, tighter bonds when they were going to Worcester High School, knowing that, okay, yeah, we, you're, we, you know. We, 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 uh, we went with the high school, if I was close. Yeah, they were close to us. You mean? Yeah. When they when they when they suck everything, everybody, all your friends done with different schools. Yeah. Stephen Kidd High School, Schneider High School, mm -hmm. and Pokemon High School. So, you mean? You lost know, like a lot of friends in the way when you went uh, to um, Schneider School, you had to start over again. You had to start over again. You mean? Because it's kind of crazy then, you mean? I had a curious. Did you go to school when Talbot Skinner was playing oh, basketball? Oh, with the high school, yeah, Talbot yeah. Skinner. Yeah. Uh, Curtis Shockley, Charles Gordon, Wayne Gordon, Bruce Pennell. Lad William, mm -hmm. yeah, okay. so all, all the good guys, man. With how I had his team, uh, with how I had his, uh, a good team back then. Yeah, because I talked to Talvin Skinner uh, when I was asking him something about, oh, when it was coming about UMS basketball, because he played, you know, back then it's yeah. like, he went play the UMS basketball because yeah, he's he, living he, in Seattle now, I think now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, because I was asking about that. Uh, I didn't even think to ask about his time playing at Worcester High School because yeah, I, yeah. I didn't think anything about it. I know he went to Decatur later on. I think, yeah, I think he no, went to no, he, he graduated from Worcester. Oh, well, he graduated from Worcester? For some reason, I thought he went to Stephen Decatur. That's why I was... I think he graduated from Worcester High School in a second. Yeah, he did. He went with Don Shouty. I think he went there last year. Okay. Oh, I'm not mistaken. I mean, I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Now, I was curious. So, when you found out the news they were closing Worcester High down, what were the feelings? Like, I can only imagine, like you mentioned, you said you're you're losing all your friends there. Some are going to Pokemon, some are going to Stephen Decatur. You and and like and mom and and everybody else was going to Snow Hill. I had a quick question: Was Uncle Larry going? Uh, I had always asked about Uncle Larry. Uncle Larry was going to Worcester High at the time when you and mom were in school, or because no, I think Larry, he, uh, I think so. He may have been, but uh, he may have been a year uh, after uh, your mom started. You mean a year part? You mean yeah, right. It may happen to me. Yeah. Now, you probably give me this, uh, and I'll ask mom this later. But, like, I heard Uncle Larry was a good athlete, too, because I know he played football and all his other stuff. And then, of course. Uh, at one point, Pete, he was, he was good in it. But what was what, football, soccer, one of them. One of them uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. He, he, he won the sport. Uh -huh. Yeah, because I know. Oh, like, oh, me and I had a good time together. Man. <laughs> Because, like you said, I we always see Uncle Larry, especially later on when he was, you know, he was sick, uh -huh. and it's like because I can't imagine what he was like. That was a good guy to me. I never had a problem. Yeah, I, I, I never had a problem near your uncle. Mm -hmm. The uh, Larry, Carlos, mm -hmm. and, and uh, Randy. I ain't yeah. the problem. You know, had probably hell on yeah. Yeah, yeah, because like, yeah, and I was like, because we always, because me and Eddie and Thoran will always talk about Uncle Larry, especially that's all we saw, that's all I knew of Uncle Larry. He wasn't well by that time when I was born. I don't think he was. 
Yeah, I don't think he, you know, he. I don't think it was still on his right head by that time because whatever happened. Because they always say he's like, yeah. Because I don't know. Because you know he's always going by what everybody else says. And right, some people picking everybody's feet when like like he made all that, all that. So Larry, I ain't a problem like you know what I'm saying. Everybody have a problem with me. Everybody, they mean. But Larry, he's a good man though. If he made big for super something like that, right? A lot of people got people right here and they're working the right mind stuff. We don't work the right, they ask for cigarette, you know what I mean? Give me a cigarette, give me a cigarette, they yeah. that. Motherfucker, man, you hear that? Yeah, man, I work all my life, 30 years, I ain't sweet that. Bake for cigarette, get your ass out of that and get a stand cigarette. Yeah, tell me you that musty ass out there. <laughs> yeah, because I'm just always trying to think about what, what everybody else was like when they were younger in high school, because I assumed that uh, Uncle Carlos was probably always... This is something that me and Eddie always told Uncle Carlos, because this is funny, he always tells me this joke. When, unfortunately, not one of the only things I always remember about Uncle Carlos, but I always think about... He always told this joke about, he said that he, one time he tried crack and he smoked it and he said he went blind. And he's like, Lord, if you give him my, give my sight back, I'll never do it again. And he said that, and he never, he said he never did that again. And it's like, unfortunately, that's the, that's when we always think of Uncle Carlos. It's like, you know, there's plenty more good times, but I always think of that one joke that he always talked about. Well, I don't know if it's joke or not, but you know, the one story he always talked about. He's like, he'll never do it again. And he said he never did. <laughs> but, 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 but the ocean say, yeah. Not what uh, go in your mouth, what you come here. I in mouth, you talk about people stuff. Yeah, yeah. Say, wait, what go in your mouth? Now, who's that? You're that speaking whisker, right? Yeah. Or you, uh, we come here, you talk about some stuff, right? Yeah. The, the Bible said they were hurt that person. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. 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 That's why I believe in God. Yeah. I trust in God. Yeah. That's why I'm here right now, you know I mean? Yeah. Do I smoke cigarette stuff? Yeah. A lot of people say cigarette key, you, right? Yeah. No cigarette key all the time. No. Yeah. Is it food you eat? When the chemical painted food nowadays? I remember when, when I was going up there, you can go, it took about a, about a, a 10 weeks or uh, 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 two months for a chicken to get, get this right. Yeah. But nowadays, you put chicken heart, it's been in the heart today, and tomorrow morning, when they come out, because they chemical painted in the chicken stuff. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, because I remember, like I said, uh, it's weird when you see the little chicks, and next thing you know, like they're they're big. You yeah, know, that third one thing. Yeah, feet down there, I mean. Yeah, and the message they give them. Yeah. yeah, that's like I look at the thing on Purdue. It'll say, "Oh, we feed them marigold." That ain't the yeah. only thing you're probably feeding them. That's yeah, a, yeah, 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 I can't imagine yeah. that. It's like, yeah, all yeah, of a sudden, old days, old days, good thing, old days. Yes, sir. Good days, old days. Yeah, we have to bump it. I'm about to bump it up and down. I'm saying right, but yeah, ain't like it now though. Yeah. Nowadays, it wasn't getting that. It wasn't when they were going up. Yeah. Yeah, it is. That drugs right here, stuff. People yeah. take, they kill the past stuff, rob the past stuff, or the drugs and stuff like that. Also, they kill killing the past stuff. It's not right. It's not right. I have to ask you this one thing, as I know we're talking a little bit about you. What was your first car that you had? My first car was a Seven Chevelle. It's a navy blue with white stripes on the front mm-hmm. of, of the hood and it only had trunk. Yep. I'm assuming it was a manual because I don't assume. Yeah, they, well, they have a lot of. they have a lot of auto. Growing up, yeah. did they have a lot of automatics yeah, when you're growing up? Yeah, they did. Yeah, penny automatic when I'm growing up. Yeah, because I was like, I'm, I wanted something like the, the automatics or something that had like late seventies, early eighties. So I'm like, no, I'm going every day automatic. You know what I mean? You know, you because some some days I'm going right. Uh huh. The automatic because you you push with a, a push button. You push part. I mean, it went on gears. I think it was a, it's a push button. Okay. Yeah, with Chrysler, no Chrysler had it like that. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. What made it going up? Yeah, a lot of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, because again, I don't know. It's just me that. Just my willful ignorance, or just one, and not never really thinking about. It. I was like, I was like, okay, maybe the automatic were stuff that was yeah, coming up late seventies, late seventies, early eighties, things like that. And there probably were so many of them. Like, could always think about it. Like, 
again, growing up in the 80s and like everything basically, Polaroid cameras, cable TV, all this other <laughs> stuff, you know, shoot, even in the 80s, well, still no internet, still no, still no real home computers and things like that. Mm-hmm. TVs, remote controls, because yeah. it, that's still, yeah, because I remember mm-hmm. like even growing up, we had the one big TV. Mm-hmm. The push button TV had a channel, and we had a remote control. Yeah. We ended up losing and couldn't figure out where it was. But that that TV lasted us years and years and years, probably well into the nineties and things like that. Because you know all the technology and like mm-hmm. nowadays cell phones and things like that. And we'll get a little more back into other stuff. But I want to ask you because you have a cell phone and you don't have a smartphone. I mean. Uh, what made you decide to eventually get in a cell phone? Because I know eventually everybody had it, and you can't go anywhere without somebody having a cell phone. Because, like I said, I, I got my first cell phone freshman year of college. Reason I got a cell phone, right? Because all the time ago, you used to have phone booth. You start on the road, make a phone call, you let somebody know where you at after that. Mm-hmm. But now I get rid of phone booth. Then, phone booth. Then right now, you, I can take my cell phone, call home, uh, call my kids, and things, and know how I'm doing about that. I mean, so that's why I like my cell phone. Yeah. But before the day gonna take make this take me shut your ass. <laughs> Why aren't you a big fan of text messaging? I don't like texting about you to me, so I might my put phone number so I get my uh, get my number and stuff like that. I can talk to them with that way. Yeah. That way I, I can come back like I want to talk to make that man <laughs> I was like I think I was watching this show, watching the Boondocks. There was an episode of the Boondocks where there's one uh character uh, <laughs> it was voiced by Samuel L. Jackson, he's like uh, and, I'll, and I'll clean it up, but he basically said, why do you spend more time texting somebody where you could just easily call them and tell them the same thing? Because you spend all that time trying to text. I mean, now kids nowadays, they're probably quick, you know, like an old West gunslinger. They're quick when it comes to texting, but it's like, why are you going to spend all that time when you could easily call people? But it's funny now, you know, some people, you know, some people deal with anxiety where they, they don't want to answer the phone, but they'll gladly say they, they got your text. Yeah. Like, they'll shoot you a text saying, yep, I got your text. What's going on? And that's why a lot of people act on the road, run that road, hang yeah. on now. Yeah. Run to, uh, run to a, to a, front of a track trail or something. Yeah. It's funny. Hey, on that text, they want the road. Yeah. Well, you should be talking on right around, be tough on, or you pretty get, uh, get on the road there, uh, lighting up stuff. They did talk to them then. But if people were out there road, hey, on down stuff. Take that, both of them we all got that, they was coming, they didn't know it, try to try to in their face. They mean, no. I don't like that shit. I just read it to tell you what I want to tell you, you don't like what I tell you. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because honestly, like I said, I know one thing, yeah. I know I use my phone a lot, I watch, you know, YouTube videos or I'm on Facebook or something, but like when I'm on the road, mm-hmm. the phone goes on the charger. That, thankfully now, that's the biggest thing in the world, Bluetooth. Like, so if you need me, just... Give me a call, and that way I'll answer you on the on the phone. I'm just right. never big when it comes to texting yeah. the driver. I try not to. Yeah, because it's dangerous. It's dangerous. Yeah, it's like it's it, it texting. What's the drunk and driving? Let me say this about a drunk man. Yeah, drunk man. Drunk man will tell you true. Mm-hmm. It, it drunk man won't lie with you. When you drink, huh? When you go on telephone, it text, 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 text. Your mind goes. You hit you. We got what you driving that. Yeah. The thing you know, yeah, you hit something or somebody hit you once. Yeah. I mean, shoot, some people get hit by a car by just walking and texting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what you mean. Peter, uh, run up there and roll here, right? Yeah. You got the, uh, the, uh, the headphones. Yeah. They ain't paying attention to it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? These are texting. It's nothing wrong with texting, right? Yeah. But the, the right way. Don't be texting while you're driving stuff or running or walking. I know you were talking about how somebody like the, uh, the drunk man driving will tell you the truth. That's what I always hear. The alcohol is a good truth serum. Sometimes you don't want to hear the truth, but... Yeah, a drunk man tell you the truth. A drunk man tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. It is the same. A drunk man tell you the truth. Yeah. So a drunk man, a drunk woman, yeah, anybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, drunk will tell you the truth. Yeah. Yeah, I know you mentioned when you went to high school and then you ended up enlisting in the Marines and going to Vietnam. What 
led to you deciding to go to the Marine Corps. Well, one thing, so I left my school stuff, quit school stuff, then went to the Marine Corps stuff, I said, I said there's nothing not here for me, so I said, I created and serve my country. So this is what I did. This is the Marine Corps in 72, with uh, went to boot camp, came back, went to uh, North Carolina, they were there, went to Guam. Is it mean? Yeah, Guam, yeah. Yeah, they went to Vietnam. What was boot camp like for that time? I can imagine because now everybody talks about how things have changed in, in boot camp from uh, back when yeah, when I we went, went in, in and, and like now my nephew uh, Jeremy he went in he he just finished boot camp he's a marine but what was boot camp like at that time you know as a new marine recruit back when I went in marine corps boot camp very 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 hard we had thirteen weeks straight weeks of it but nowadays somebody said they go to go to go to maybe about a Six or seven weeks, right? You said thirteen weeks. Uh, you said thirteen weeks of uh, boot camp. Yeah, straight. Mm-hmm. When I come home, with the thirteen weeks straight, mm-hmm. and, and it, it was a hard running. We were packed on your back, right in your hand. Everything they had to go through water stuff. Yeah, uh, ate the ball water stuff with pushing lyre and ammunition over your head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that boot camp. The other dog, a lot of guys couldn't uh, face it. Yeah, and some got got a medical discharge. Some got discharged. You mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's the thing I was ready to ask you. It's like, is it crazy just seeing those people just drop out in the middle of boot camp that they aren't able to handle it and things like that? You see them one day, and next thing you know, they're gone. I mean, yeah, it's very crazy. It's allow them just can't handle it. Mm-hmm. Can't handle the pressure when they drill started. They pick on you, push you, beat you, mm-hmm. all that. I mean, yeah, and I got couldn't handle stuff. So they tell me, so yes, you came back for a discharge, regular discharge. Or some of them get a medical discharge. I mean, but with, with, with most times going like that, you're not spending boot camp time because you get a regular discharge. Yeah. Which means honorable. To me, not dishonorable. I mean, yeah. it's honorable. Unless they went AWOL. That, that yeah, would yeah. be dishonorable. Yeah. Yeah, you didn't get, get cook marshaled in. Yeah. I had to ask going on the bus ride up to, uh, what was it, Paris Island? Uh, when you went? We went we from, uh, from Baltimore to uh, Fort Hollaberg, right? Mm-hmm. That's where I got sworn in and stuff at. And then uh, out there, I came home for about a couple of days. Then, it's, then, it, then the recruiter came and got me, took me back to Baltimore, so I kept the plane. Yeah. From uh, uh, Baltimore to South Carolina. Yeah, Paris Island. Yeah, South Carolina. And after that, we got the bus. We got the airport stuff. And it was, you know, the drill started waiting on us. He went smart there, but once we got on the bus up there and got to Paris Island, right? Yeah. The, the drill started, not, not the one that met the airport. Yeah. But the one that went, the drill started to Paris Island, we got the bus there. We had yellow footprints in there, right? On the top, pin on the sidewalk, right? Yeah. He came on the bus and said, well, every one of y'all off this bus right now, everybody in yellow footprint. But everybody run at it, but like that, they're not knocking off, they're going crazy, boy. <laughs> and then after that, the same night, he turned to the barbershop. Yeah. <laughs> one guy said, I just want to block up a little bit. Block, see me? But we don't have any kind of converter shot, right? <laughs> the barbershop said, the man barbershop said, okay. And in three seconds, you all you have caught me here. You don't get that, uh, we want and I was going to boot camp. No, yeah, it's it, it boot camp and haircut. Yeah, get a ball in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I remember I did ROTC. Well, we were lucky. We we got there late at night, but I always heard mm-hmm. that some of the people did the orientation trip. First thing they do, just start to get up. Get off my butt! Get off my butt! Get off my yeah. butt! That's yeah. all it is. Yeah. Everybody get out. I remember our first night when we did the ROTC uh, <laughs> orientation trip. It was a week long. <laughs> Everything was fine because I knew we got in, we got set on our barracks, uh-huh. and I knew because. And it's a, it's a habit I have now. I cannot sleep for long periods of time. And I knew that night, first thing I did, we made our beds, uh, made the covers. 
the first day I won, I sat on, I slept on top of the couch, and I knew because I was seeing, I was seeing, I was watching, I knew, I saw this drill sergeant, I yeah. saw, and I saw them pick up. <laughs> the Foot Locker, and I knew just from watching, uh, from some of the stuff we watched, I knew they were going to pull that Foot Locker up and and uh, and, and drop it because, like, I, like I said, I sat on the cover because they always said they wanted you to make it tight enough, the quarter bounce right off of it. Yeah, and I was like, nope. Well, one thing, I like I said, I tried to get ahead of it. I never got caught with it, but I slept on top of the cover, so I wouldn't, I, I, I would be ready. And that's the thing because it's a habit I have now. If I go to sleep early. <laughs> I will get up early, yeah, and I can't get back to sleep. So like, I went to bed at one time. They like when they had us going, maybe like nine, ten o'clock. Uh-huh. I'm up at three o'clock, and that's not even me doing. You know, they had us do shift, so we had to get up, get in our utilities, yeah. and then do do the shift. We had yeah. to uh, do the primary shift around the barracks inside now, just to make sure. And then, like I said, I did mine. Went back and like I'm, I'm up for the rest of the night. So I knew that Foot Locker was coming. I knew it. I knew it because I see I could see their shadows creeping, <laughs> and I knew they were coming. Yeah, I got, yeah, yeah. That's like when we was in boot camp, right? Mm-hmm. You could see it. You could see it each other. Because mm-hmm. uh, way down in the hallway, way down. Yeah. I was in the here, right? Yeah. And the scene you were shouting, "Where they Miller?" Right? They hit beat track cans over the floor. Boom, 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 boom. Well, you jumped straight on up, boy. I was all big. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you said it in being in the Marines, and you talked about boot camp. After graduation, what was it like? Where was the next stop? And, and... The next stop was uh, uh, Camp Major, North Carolina. Okay. Okay. Yeah, the second field artillery group. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You get a big gun, like that tank, right? But the big gun, the artillery gun. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They can make a loud noise. Mm-hmm. You can take your ear ears, right? Yeah. You see that gun. The barrel, the table here. Yeah. You need the barrel in the middle gun? Yeah. And uh, I guess everybody's listening. I'm trying to think of the best way to describe it size-wise. Maybe, what do you think about? Three by three. Three by three. Three by three circular table. Yeah. For everybody's listening, that that's an example of the size of a... Artillery gun. Yeah, the artillery gun. Jeez, I can only imagine that. So when did you end up going to Vietnam, and how many uh, tours did you end up having? I did one tour the first time. Yeah. It it was in uh, maybe about... uh, Three months uh, after I got boot camp, uh, left from uh, Camp Major, right? Yeah. Second Pentagon group. Mm-hmm. And we hit that one there, right? Went to Guam. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They went and died in Thailand. Mm-hmm. And that's it. They went to Vietnam then. Mm-hmm. I mean, how long did you stay in Guam before they sent you to Vietnam? Was it barely a day or something? No, it was two days. It was it. Two days. Okay. When I was at Camp Major, I was in Fort Marine. Yeah. And went to Vietnam with Night Marine. Mm-hmm. They called us to walk to the living dead. Mm-hmm. Because the Night Marine. There's a lot more people in Vietnam than anything else. Mm-hmm. But also, we're the, we're the baddest, baddest person over there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I know it's like they always talk about, even ROTC, when they talk about Vietnam, they knew at a certain point when they saw, oh, was it, it was a yellow, it was a yellow, was it yellow, something yellow around the boots. They knew not to mess with the Marines. They saw yeah, Army yeah. people, but it was something that they were, that the Marines were around yeah, their, their boots, like a yellow, like a water. Uh, a yellow scrap run out of weight there. Yeah, that's, that's what they're talking about. They're talking yeah. about the yellow. They said, they saw the yellow, don't mess yeah. with them because they're Marines. They wouldn't try to ambush or anything like that. Yeah, yeah that's why I was like, yeah, I was curious about that because I knew I had, uh, yeah, just going in my experience doing like two-year ROTC, yeah. they would tell about the stories about, you know, being in the Marines and and, yeah. and and how when it came to Vietnam and things like that, they they wouldn't mess with the Marines most of the time. No, see, Marines, uh, once you're a Marine, you're always a Marine. Yeah. It is, and that's the thing is, uh, 
ex-Marine. Yeah. It's also, you're a former Marine. Yeah. Because you did it Marines. I mean, yeah. ex-Marine. That's why I was curious about that. Did, were you heavy into the fighting down there, or and, were you... I, I, I went really into the heavy of the fighting, yeah. I mean. Yeah, because I was wondering, where, where do they have you guys located there in, in Vietnam? Or where? We, we don't want to ask if that, I mean, where the plane comes in, helicopter comes in, I mean. Yeah. We, we did surrender so ask about me. Did that mean that the guy get over to uh, when the uh, Bible brought the kids home? We made it airport, surrender, anyway, helicopter comes in at me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Was there any action there, or was it just more? No, just no, no, just security. We, we, we had action there. Yeah. We had equipment to uh, defend ourselves, to me. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We was like a guard, to me. I mean, yeah. We went, we went into the uh, into the bushes, to I me. Yeah. Because that bushes did, to me. When he, when he got when they push stuff right, yeah, you got one for Charlie. Yeah, you know Charlie. Uh, it's the uh, Vietnam. Vietnam, yeah. And they live in trees. Yeah, they live in trees. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know. I and always it, heard they had like different things. Like even the kids would have like explosives. They would yeah. pretend to give you candy and no, explosives. We would get them cancer, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, all the time they can't have that bum on them. And they got swinging doors and they well, I say they swinging doors on there. Mm-hmm. The doors come out like they had bad bamboo poles, right? Yeah, there. a bamboo pole can't break easy. Yeah. You come back from the ground stuff, you bring your face up. Yeah. Or got do it, they do it, so your face. They got a camera beside the top of them, right? Yeah. It's 700 bees in it. In that, that uh, pellet stuff, right? Yeah. It's going to kill you, too. Oh, wow. And also, the main way, yeah, I went back more time with that. You want to go over Ashford, right? Yeah. Mr. Stewart Step. You know what Mr. Stewart Step is? I don't. Mr. Stewart Step, it's a, it's a snake over there. Oh, okay. It's a snake, right? Yeah. He bites you, right? You take three things, you drop in. He's more powerful than a cobra. Okay, more powerful yeah. than a cobra. Okay. Yeah, that a cobra. He's more powerful than a cobra. Oh, Mr. Three Step. Yeah. Now, there's a story that I know Mom always told about your thumb. What happened to your thumb in Vietnam? Because I know that uh, yeah. you had to get a pen in it. And I know because Mom always talked about that you had like some of the best handwriting in the world and you had to give the pen in your thumb. Mm-hmm. Well, what happened was a guy with a truck that right underneath the tailgate, a head truck, the heavy tailgate, right? Yeah. It was all 10 truck, right? Yeah. He got kicked one side down, right? Yeah. The whole fed up, right? Yeah. But then I was looking, looking at him, right? And the yeah. tailgate came down. Yeah. I caught that and jammed my thumb up. And bu- bone put his way back and broke in the hand. Mm. So right now, this is why right now, I don't have no knuckle. Wow. So I got knuckle here, right? Yeah. It's not for that anymore. See, they moved it. Yeah, and that's the <clears throat> the thumb on your right hand. Yeah, yeah. Come right hand anyway. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I, I, I just pretty hand right. Which is funny because it's all translated to every single one of us because, like, my mm-hmm. handwriting, Eddie's handwriting, it's like, you know, uh-huh. it's all uh, translated because little things like that. I, yeah. I, it's a funny thing looking at and noticing that the handwriting is like. Yeah, I used to put it here right there. You, mm-hmm. you, you, I write so good. You can see, see every, word, every word I write, right? I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, because I was curious, because I was curious about that. I know you mentioned the thumb a long time ago. And yeah. I never, you know, as a kid, you never really think about asking more and more questions. Yeah, sort of yeah, like, yeah, I mean, they ain't for Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like sometimes I don't yeah. ask it up, like I said, because I had always never really thought about it. It wasn't that it was like afraid of asking. I just never really thought about asking because yeah. sometimes, you know, it's easy to just like, you don't think about asking certain things yeah. and not like it was like, oh, some dark seekers. I was just like, and sometimes you end up going around thinking like, man, I didn't know this stuff. And then it all of a sudden like, man, why didn't I think about asking this before? And it's, that's one of those things that that's why I always thought about that. Cause like I knew some stuff and that's like, yeah. I was uh, more and more curious too. What led to you deciding to uh, get after coming back from Vietnam? I mean, what was that like coming back from Vietnam? And then uh, with that, how, well, how long was the tour as well? One year. One year. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one one year in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. And when you got the word that you were coming home, I mean, what what was the biggest smile on my face in the world, boy? You mean mm-hmm. happy? 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it rains. I'm going back here. I'm going, going back to the state now. Yeah. When we was over there, I had a map, a counter, right? Yeah. Uh, Sizey right here, right? One yeah. counter, right? Yeah. It, it made an airplane. It's an airplane. It made an airplane on it, right? It's yeah. Airplane on it, right? You got day one. You got the third six five days, right? Yeah. Each day of that says third six five days. You want the first third six five days at all? Yeah. Next day, third and sixty four. Oh yeah, you going going there, going there, right? Yeah. Then we get a top step, number one, right? Yeah. That means you're on way home. Yeah. On way home, boy. Somebody's a smile, smiling boy, mm-hmm. happy boy. Mm-hmm. So we didn't get back home there. Were you, Were you concerned that you were gonna have to make another tour again, or I went back in there to make another tour, but then it didn't go next time. Okay. Yeah. So what was that like? Just sort of waiting for the possible call to come back. I mean, I was. What did you do? Yeah. I mean, what did they have you do on base once you were while you were waiting for the the first time? Yeah, or the second time, I guess. Once you were, uh, once you reenlisted. Uh, you weren't gonna let me come back because they always said that they come here. Went back over our road already over there. It was coming Charlie. Okay. They was our road. They said they left left for me for maybe a week before before I got there. Took uh, it's like I went back in. I went to uh, Campion, California. Okay. What what was it like being in, in California, especially growing up in Maryland and going all the way to California? What was that like to you? Was it completely different from from being you know from from Maryland and the East Coast? Yeah, really. Yeah, there's a whole lot of traffic stuff right now to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a whole lot of traffic stuff right now. Yeah, women stuff to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, women stuff. Yeah, and then um, what led to you deciding to leave the Marines? Uh, yeah. I went to rent this, right? But back then we had a, uh, we had a commandant in, in uh, General Wilson, right? He was six four, tall, slim, right? Yeah. He said he, he didn't want no fat body to hit Marine Corps. <laughs> yeah. Right. But the doctor told me that this man not fat. This man is a, a, a double joint. Back then I was double joint and built. You know I mean? So he didn't let me go back. I said, "Hell, get on! I, I'm done with. It. I'm done with it now." Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I did. I was doing my kind of very well. Mm-hmm. I, got, I got two army discharge. Mm-hmm. All that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As a veteran, do you keep in contact with any of your old uh, uh, people in your, in your crew? When, when, I, when, I, when I got out, uh, at the time we went to Florida stuff, me, you was a baby then, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Me and you, uh, Eddie, Gina, uh, Rico, and Grandma Miss B. Yeah. We went to because I called a guy in Archer, uh, Archer, right? Frank yeah. Archer, right? Okay. And I called him right there. He, he, he lived in Florida, right? Yeah. They want to go get a hold of them without me. Yeah. A lot of guys, they didn't want to wrestle you. Uh, they went with that. Yeah. You know, they were mean to me. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't want to boot camp with me either. Yeah. And like I said, nowadays you can keep up people with the social yeah. media and Facebook and yeah. stuff like that because it's funny. Like, think about it now. If you just ever decide, for you guys who are listening, yeah, my dad does not do social media. He does not do internet. He does not do computers. And, and it's interesting because, like, I was telling you before, it's a stark comparison to mom who she has her iPhone, she has her Apple tablet and things like that. And it's like, you know, some people, it's just, it's easy just not to worry about dealing with all the stuff of technology. Yeah, you hit near on the head. I went where we're doing that stuff, you mean? Yeah. You mean? <laughs> yeah, because I always wonder, man, what would it be like if Dad had a computer? I was like, I don't know. I'm coming by you. Too bad if I'm coming by you. One thing I asked you, we were talking about your being a fan of the Raiders. How did you become a fan of the Raiders? And I know you've been a fan of the Raiders, it feels like, forever. But what was it that was such a big draw about the Raiders themselves to when, you? Uh, many years ago when Art Shell went there, Art Shell's been a Raider. He's been a player, too, you see me? Along with... Uh, Jack Tatum, mm-hmm. uh, Lester Hayes, Jake Snake. Mm-hmm. 
Ken Stabler, rather. Really, yeah, yeah. Thomas Dick Mayer. Yeah. He, he had a Jim Pumpkin. All the guys to the race to the Super Bowl. Yeah. You, you, you know, ready, ready, ready to do, ready, ready to do have yeah. the Super Bowl ring. Yeah. Uh, I think it was they, they, they beat, I think it was Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. A long time ago, and they beat uh, they, they were Frank Tarkin and coming in. Yeah. Then they played uh, Philadelphia Eagles, Rodney Gwaski. Yeah. Then uh, I think they, they beat Washington D.C. Uh, they were the. Uh, I think it was Thiesman. I think yeah, Thiesman yeah. was the quarterback at yeah, the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Because they, yeah. they talked about the one play that Thiesman would play all the time. They knew it, and he jumped the pass and got an interception for a touchdown. Yeah. See me? Yeah. Uh, so they do, they do have the Super Bowl ring of you know, yeah. uh, trophy. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. See me? <laughs> yeah. They, unfortunately, yeah. when they think of the Raiders now, they just think of sort of the mess that's been going on yeah. the past 10, 15 years, even after that, well, that, yeah. that last Super Bowl when uh, when they went uh, and yeah, they played they, Tampa. They, Buccaneer, it was all about a long shot. Yeah. They fit something to three, if I'm mistaken. Yeah. That's okay, but hey. I'm, I'm always gonna be a Raider fan. Mm-hmm. Win or lose, I'm a diehard Raider fan. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I ain't from the team. I've got people say, if it's my team to make the playoff, I ain't root for nobody. <laughs> <laughs> that, that yeah, like I said, I mean, yeah, root for myself. I'm root for. <laughs> yeah, and like me being a Washington fan, it's like yep. After pretty much after the season's over, I just pretty much check out on it. Yeah, like, I, I mean, yeah. 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 my team that over. Yeah, you mean? yeah. And right now, there's. St- I mean, and right now, as we record this, this is November 26th. They're still in it. Right. I had to ask you about. The thing, I know when, when you heard that John Gruden was coming back, you had to be excited about him coming back. I know he hadn't coached in years, yeah. and he had been on TV all the time. But, I mean, were you excited, when, especially when they made the hire? I know that uh, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. a couple years after Al Davis had yeah. died and everything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, because I figured, I said, hell, we got John Gruden. He, he may take it to the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. And I know that, man, he would come back, people talk about, he talk about, oh, punk, he, 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 he uh, uh, John Gruden, like, like, like old Chucky. Yeah. yeah that, that dog called Chucky, he yeah. got hired to like Chucky. Yeah, it's like, I can't. shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like I see Child's play, and I was thinking that. I think, yeah. of, John, I think of John Gruden. I think of that doll. Uh, yeah, it's like honestly, you know, it was that first that yeah. first thing that came out about all the emails. Yeah, yeah, it's like okay, okay. that didn't bother. And then all of a sudden, I mean, it's, a lot of people weren't bothered by it. And then that next day, when that second one came out, yeah, and all that stuff, and they lost too. I mean, yeah. they might have been something different if they won. If they had, if they came out, was it the Bears that they beat? Or they lost? No, too? they lost the Bears. Lost to the Bears. Yeah, if they had beaten the Bears. Then maybe everybody like okay they'll be fine they'll you yeah. know this is a little storm but then after that it's like you can't have a confidence one if if your players are sort of not buying yeah, yeah, that no not putting not putting but the coach them oh you mean coach you got coach talking about your players so yeah yeah you mean hey they're paying for you they make you money yeah they make this money they make you money too yeah you mean yeah. yeah. And I think, yeah, he got that 10-year contract, and everybody, pro- the, the Raiders in some way were probably happy to get out of it so they didn't have to yeah. worry about paying them. Because if this didn't work, they just spent tons of millions of dollars over 10 years, Yeah, traded away one of their best players, Mac, to the Bears. Yeah, yeah. And for all that stuff, and and have nothing to show out of it. I know, who knows how the season will end out. And, uh, but, uh, but but the Raiders' really, uh, really best coach they ever had was uh, John Madden. Yeah. Yeah, he's ready to race to two Super Bowls. Yeah. 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 And that's the funny thing. It's like, growing up now, all when I saw Madden, all I see him is on TV, and I see the video games and everything, because yeah. that's all I think of. It's like, yeah. Uh, and he was, back then, he was a younger coach, ever coach the team. Yeah. He was. What, 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 30 years old, 30 years old? Yeah. 
That's the that's the one thing the Raiders would do. They give a lot of different guys opportunities. Madden, uh, Tom yeah. Flores, uh, yeah. Archell, John yeah. Gruden, all those guys. Yeah. Um, shoot, they even gave Mike Shanahan a job, even yeah. though he, <laughs> he, 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 didn't, he didn't last eighteen months. Like I said, Broncos fans are probably happy because it worked out for them. But yeah, uh, uh, but yeah, it's like yeah, because they always talk about the story where. Um, God, yeah, he he didn't even last. He barely lasted yeah, the whole year because they were talking about Lane Kiffin too. Because because yeah. he was talking about once Lane Kiffin because he saw when Mike Shanahan said once he saw Lane Kiffin got fired, he's like, man, at least Lane Kiffin got two years. <laughs> I didn't even get that long. Because <laughs> they're like, you know, there's all that all that bad blood. It's like because even when Al Davis passed, he barely had a sentence. Uh-huh. He that's like, he barely had a sentence about 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 Al Davis and the, the man who gave him a shot and gave him a job, even though he fired him. Yeah, it's like, yeah, man, that's because there's always this one rumor he was he was either like uh, offensive coordinator for the Niners before he got the job with Denver, and like during a game in practice, he told Steve Young to throw a football right at Al Davis's head. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he, I don't know if he hit him or not. I think uh, Steve Young passed it right by him, but because uh, you know Al Davis, he wore that, he wore that, he wore that that windbreaker suit, the white suit, and the sun with the sunglasses and everything. It's like I can imagine him just trying to throw one, dipping right uh-huh. past him. You can get married if, if on a party if you do it, you get team right. Yeah, the man is spending money out yeah. here. Yeah, you, your job is to make sure team is right. Yeah, yeah, you, you can't you can't get married to owner. Yeah. You might feel bad about it. You might feel because he he teach you right, but he teach you right when he gave you that job here. Yeah. You can perform that job, then it's the job gone. Yeah, and like I said. You know, a job stuff, you make you nine days, be something together, you need to do it nine days. You can try to do it seven, nine days, and hell, I'll get with you too. Yeah, and like I said, it's like, and it, it's See, all about this. It's like, and they even said it, it, it didn't work out. They they had different philosophies. And that, you got to be able to work with somebody and just try yeah. to be able to, maybe you won't agree with them, but you got to at least see some middle ground because some people yeah. won't. You can get a monkey. You get a monkey, bunny, bunny, banana, if they do it, they wouldn't do it. <laughs> you get a monkey, right? You, you get a monkey, banana, stuff. <laughs> and grapes and peanuts, that much? You got that money in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that monkey! That thing you want to do? Oh yeah, no. Dude, you know what I mean, yeah. He behind you. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this is one question I want to ask you, especially because everybody who knows you, everybody like they don't know your real name, but they all know, hey, Buddy Roll son. Because like Dave's <laughs> like, who's your dad? Earl, Earl, no, no, Buddy Roll, Buddy Roll son. <laughs> I had asked, how did that nickname come about? I, I believe you told me the story a long time ago, but I always just want to clarify just for everybody. How did the nickname Butterroll come about? With my mom and dad, they named me uh, Butterroll. Mm-hmm. And my cousin named Buddy. Mm-hmm. But he had no road. But he didn't call it. I mean, his name was Buddy, right? Yeah. And, uh, and he tried to dip his road uh, in a name. Yeah. R O L L. Yeah. A lot of people said said road. The right time yeah. somebody R O W E. Yeah. It ain't road. Yeah. You mean? Yeah. My guess from my cousin. He been dating. Yeah, he would been uh, hundred years old. The name. Yeah, because all these questions I asked, it's like, yeah, I didn't even think about asking all the time. But like yeah. you said, and there's still plenty more. Like you know, uh-huh. there's so many things. Like and that's why I was always curious about that because you know, always so, felt like all so many different stories of how the name came about. The name uh-huh. came about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that's just something I was curious about because, like I said, now this is probably the first time since I actually mentioned. It. Of course, I'm being a father for the first time at the age of uh, 38, and I was always curious about that. To you, Dad, when you became a dad, what was that like? I mean, just for me, like, use an example. When you found out I was yeah. coming along when mom was pregnant with me, what was that whole experience uh, have, like? I have it. I, I got a son there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I have it proud. Yeah. You know, they're proud of you. All my kids, all four of them. Yeah. And I, I, was, cause I was always curious, like, were you, like, a nervous parent or were you just, I was, like, I always wonder how you do like, no, oh, no, like, no, like, no, I wasn't nervous. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, no, I'm just proud. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you're like one of the overly cautious parents that always just try to make sure the kid doesn't fall or <laughs> stuff like that. Uh, I did, but well, especially when you, like, uh, mm-hmm. you have it to me, you have it, baby. <laughs> yeah, we got, it, uh, but uh, I used to go, I, I'd sit in chair stuff, go to the apartment stuff through uh, Adams Avenue. Yeah, huh? To the apartment right, uh, 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 yeah, you said, I want that right. I got to sleep in uh, your mom's house. Earl, you uh, go down there, Earl. Thank you, Jack. I had a good on you. I'm make you a good you. Yeah, for a lot of you guys may not know the story. I was 11 and a half pounds, 22, you said 22 inches long? 22 inches long? Yeah. And you had a dog foot then, you know. Your mom said, what was the one or something? Yeah, one or two foot. Foot size, right? Big foot. Yeah. Size one or two. I can't, yeah. Yeah, I know your big foot, man. Yeah, now I'm at 13 now, so I'm at 13. Yeah, I'm at 14. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's like, uh, it's like, it's like 11 to 12 were a little tight because I had a wider right. foot, so now it's like, uh, you have no arches. I'll get my, my foot, I'll get my shoes long anyway, you mean? Yeah. You get that foot for your toe. Uh, yeah. Trigger, hit, 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 put a shoe, hit it, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. I'm trying to think if there's anything else maybe you want to add. I would guess, uh, for people who are end up listening to us, like I said, you know, all your friends actually use internet and stuff like that. Anything you want to say to those people? People just be trouble on the internet stuff. The people talk about you and they take you get a circuit never thought that that. Look, the only shit, don't get by your damn <laughs> being your business stuff. Cause they might be about hoodoo right here. Pig fucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know everybody out there because I remember I put the thing out about uh, when I was like when you <laughs> finally got the watch the sports show. It's like, oh, I tell Buddy Rose and I was like, um, yeah, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Because the first thing I said, my dad does not do internet. And it was a good thing because you weren't able to watch the Sports Jeopardy thing because, again, they didn't have the internet. And they only had it on internet before they were showing on channels. And sometimes right. you can never know what episodes they're going to show because they're showing randomly on like NBC Sports. Uh-huh. And the thing is, being able to get those episodes and have those episodes so you'd be able to see them. One, I was glad to have them because now... They took all the episodes off the internet, so there's no way to find them unless you got bootlegs, which some people might have bootlegs. We'll just leave it at that. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, like, yeah, that's the one thing. It's like something told me beforehand, it's like, get a copy of those episodes because uh-huh. that's a big thing. Because I was like, nope, everybody else hasn't seen it. It's like, everybody else hasn't seen it, said dad. So I think it was good to have those as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think I'm going to take them out now, man. Yeah, they're yeah, still in that green Xbox yeah, case. Yeah, I put all yeah, the yeah. DVDs. Yeah, all those DVDs. There. Yeah. I and think like, I'm in there. I have to make sure they actually work, too, so they would test yeah. them out. Yeah, all nine episodes on there. Which, yeah, this still was a pretty fun time. Because, again, that was my first time out in California, too, because uh, ended up uh, going on the Hollywood Walk of Fame mm-hmm. and seeing some of those stars, which is pretty cool. Dad, I really appreciate you. Uh, Taking time to do this because, especially one, it's good to see you again. Because yeah. prior to the baby shower, I hadn't physically seen you in about two plus years. Right because on, right pandemic on, and then uh, pandemic yeah. is the yeah, know, right pandemic and yeah, travel yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah. But I wanted to make a priority to one come and see you, and I thought, why not? Now at least tell you it's a better time. I know there's probably plenty of stories out there. Yeah, there's probably plenty of stories out there. Probably I don't know, probably suitable for recording. But <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad uh, talk to you, my son. Oh yeah, and I'm glad to be able to have you on here. What was that old uh, military song that you did, the three six nine one? Uh, no, it wasn't military song. Oh, what military song? It, it, it was very, come many oh. years ago. Oh, before you even born. Yeah, and I was very young. We must have that. <laughs> three six nine, the goose drink wine, the monkey chewed it back on the streetcar line, the line broke. 
the elephant got jumped and they all went to him in a little room book. Clap, clap. <laughs> <laughs> this interview really means a lot to me, not only because I was able to talk to my dad about a number of things, but I was able to get to see him after nearly two years as a result of the pandemic. My hope is to do a few more episodes with him as well. Next time, I'll be doing a wrestling compilation episode featuring interviews from Brian Banks, Linwood Outlaw, Andre Watson, and more. As always, all episodes of The Sports Refuge can be found wherever podcasts are heard, including Spotify, the iHeartRadio app, Podbean, Apple Podcasts, and on The Sports Refuge website. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on any of these apps and leave a mention, which we'll read on a future episode. Until next time, this is Earl Holland saying thanks for listening and have a good one. You've been listening to the Sports Refuge podcast. For more information about our show and our guests, go to our website at thesportsrefuge.com. Follow us on Twitter at The Sports Refuge, on Instagram at Sports Refuge Sports Blog, and on Facebook at The Sports Refuge Sports Blog. Thank you for listening. <laughs>